There we go. All right. I just tried to start recording once before, set my camera to record the video, and uh, it was actually set to just take a photo, so I just pushed the button, and then I started the recording on the audio, and then it took a photograph of me. So now I have one of these pictures of myself where I wasn't ready for a photograph at all uh, with my face not in a good not in a good uh, photograph situation freaking love it when that happens it's happened to all of us right it happened to everybody we love it you gotta love that uh, not ready for a photo face that you make everybody's is like a little bit different but also a little bit the same anyways that's not what this is about welcome back to the morning thoughts podcast that's what this is that's why we're here Um, And this is a great episode. I'm super excited about this conversation. I got the opportunity to sit down with a friend of mine named Ian Wendt for about an hour. And uh, man, we had a great conversation. Um, We started talking about plan versus prepare, like we've been talking about on here. Um, And conversation just definitely went a different direction than I think either of us were expecting or or planning on. Uh, But it was so good. Such good content such good insights uh, and I'm really excited and pumped to be able to share some of his insights and his thoughts um, on plan versus prepare and how to be that type of person uh, who is prepared, who is adaptable uh, and who is taking opportunities um, to better themselves and to grow. Um, I think a lot of people probably know Ian as like the sales guy, the salesman, maybe the door-to-door guy. Maybe a lot of people, you know, they know him for seeing a lot of motivational kind of stuff on his Instagram stories. Um, But I think I know Ian on like a little bit different, a little bit more personal level. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Um, Just like uh, always working on ourselves and self-improvement and uh, just the way life goes and how to get the most out of life with whatever's going on. So uh, I'm really excited that we got to see like that side of him. Uh, come out and and get uh, get some some of that kind of insight. Anyways, with no further interruption or distraction, super pumped to be able to share my conversation with him. Um, took me a while to get this one ready and get this one posted because I had to do more editing. We had some like connection problems throughout, so I think you'll probably hear a little bit of that, uh, but <clears throat> not too much to detract from the points. So now, without any further interruption or distraction, I hope everybody enjoys this a lot. There's a lot of good stuff in here. This is Ian Wendt. Just by a quick way of uh, introduction, um, this is Ian Wendt. Uh, We've been friends for a while. Uh, We met throwing big parties and big events uh, in a couple different states. We had some events that we toured around. Um, That's kind of how we first met, but we have over time become friends like through other things and and in a lot of different ways um and it's been cool to like watch for me it's been really cool to watch you like um just like i don't know you're you're a guy who takes everything that you do and like all of your things like meld together and affect each other right so i get to watch every everything you do and everything you work on like it all kind of builds off of off of each other um, yeah, it can be chaotic sometimes, but I, I think so, sometimes it works for sure. Other times it's just freaking chaotic. I'm just the kind of person that's like, 
I don't know, you give me one thing and it's gotta become 10. Like I, it's just how it's always been for me. And uh, so even like my, you know, even my career with Caliber, like I wear two hats, I do training and marketing. The nice thing is they go basically hand in hand, but it's like, I, I don't think, think I could do one thing or, or if I did, I, I would, man, like it just has to, you know, but yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, which I think like that, that aspect about yourself is gonna, uh, I mean, that's going to play a lot into the topic of conversation here. Um, I want you to, I want to give you like a quick second to like really introduce yourself outside of what, of what I would say. Um, but I want to, I want to kind of highlight like something about you that like really stands out to me and kind of how I see um, a big part of how I see like where you've gotten to like where you are today and what you're doing today. And then you can kind of whittle that down or correct it or whatever. (laughs) Tell me how right or wrong I am. But, uh, but um, something that I think is really interesting about you and really impressive about you is that I think that you have like worked really hard to do and done very well, something that a lot of guys who have been in and were in your position, like what, five, six years ago, like really want to do, which is uh, take like, go from being in like pretty strictly like door to door sales industry kind of position and, and take, take the skills and and take the, uh, and take that job and, and like, just evolve it and turn it into something more than, than just being a door-to-door salesman, Um, which I think for a lot of door-to-door guys is, is a tough thing to do, but like something that that people want to do. But I feel like I've seen you do that pretty successfully in a lot of ways. And you have kind of stuck with this one company, but also have found ways to, I think like from an outsider's perspective, help like kind of push that company in a direction of, providing more opportunities like that for guys uh, who want that. And uh, I think that's been a really cool thing to like watch a little bit from the outside, like not being in the door to door industry myself, but being pretty Mm -hmm. familiar with it just because I've been around it so much. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I want to, I want to just give you a quick second to kind of introduce yourself and give a brief explanation of like who you are and what you do and how you got there. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, dude, I appreciate you saying all that. Um, I, uh, it, it's, first of all, it is crazy, like, that our friendship has evolved from just throwing freaking college ragers and filling, like, a giant room with silly string and who knows what else and just, like, yeah. And then, and now it's evolved into kind of this more professional relationship and, and good friendship. And, uh, you know, I consider you one of my really good friends. And so it's, it's cool. And I'm, I'm glad you have me on here, but yeah, what you said is true. Like that's, I, uh, I started door to door sales. So my, I'm Ian went, um, I'm currently, I'm the VP of training and marketing for caliber. Um, and so I oversee all marketing as well as all sales and leadership training, uh, in the company, whether that's content creation and implementation or just, you know, marketing campaigns, um, different ways to push the brand and also continue to, you know, kind of, create, uh, better ways to, to produce. Um, so it's been really fun and and it's true. Like I, I started with caliber in 2009 as a a normal door to door sales rep. And I, uh, I sold for a few years and I was, I was always a top performer and I was always somebody who kind of stood out of the crowd and it just got to a point where I didn't, it's not that I hated knocking doors. Cause that's, that's not, I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't something I loved. That's for sure. 
you know, you can be really good at something and still not feel super fulfilled. I think that's what it really came down to is I didn't feel as fulfilled. Like sure. I wasn't the kind of guy that was just like thriving off of recognition because I was a top salesman or anything like I literally at that time could care less what people really thought about me. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I just wanted to make a ton of money and live the life that I wanted and kind of live intentionally. Like, and I did that. Um, but it got to a point where I didn't feel fulfilled anymore by just doing that. I felt like I needed to do more. And I realized that, uh, I was either going to have to, you know, leave the industry or find a way to create opportunity within the industry. And the thing about the door to door industry that a lot of people don't understand is that it really does like, you know, there's a lot of stigmas to it or whatever. I feel like I'm one of those people that embody the fact that a lot of those stigmas are fake because this, this industry truly has the, uh, the ability to take somebody who is willing to work really hard and willing to, you know, kind of go all in on, on this and, and literally create a life for them that people look at from the outside and just kind of say, what, like how, I mean, you know, you have 20 something year olds who are able to buy their first car, get themselves through school, travel all around the world multiple times a year um, and just do all these things that be, that people kind of sit back and say, man, that's on my bucket list. But like, I didn't expect to touch that until I was like 40, right. Or 30 something. And, or, or even after my kids are left the house, like that's when we were going to travel the world. Well, these kids are doing it five times a year, multiple countries and they're in their barely in their twenties. And so I realized how powerful the industry was in the fact that it's able to create financial freedom and, and freedom in general, uh, for people that, that are willing to do the work. And so I, I, again, it was either leave the industry and, and leave that or figure out a way to create an opportunity that I can still have those things and also do what I'm ultimately fulfilled by, which is help others and stay in the industry. And so luckily, and, uh, and with a lot of hard work, I was able to find a way to do that. And it came down to me saying, you know what, I'm really good at sales, but I'm also really good at teaching people how to sell. And so it got to a point where I figured out a way to, um, to put myself in a position where the company wanted me to teach the entire company how to sell, like basically take everything I did on the doors and everything people were impressed about and turn it into a program and then implement it throughout the entire company. And so, uh, for sake of time, I won't go into that whole story cause that's a whole other podcast we could do, but we will, long story short, hopefully we will, you know? Yeah, oh, I'm sure we will. Long story short, I spent, you know, a year or so, uh, really focusing on training and helping others and, and like keeping that data and kind of like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in you add, you, you negotiate, or you, sorry, you add a, a ton of value before you ever try to negotiate something. And so I basically went out and I proved that what I was saying I could do, I could actually do. And so I kept track of all the different metrics and the increases in the offices and the reps that I trained and all that kind of stuff. And then I eventually brought it to the executive board and I said, Hey, this is what I'm able to do on a smaller scale. Imagine what we could do on a big scale. And so that's kind of where the door opened to the executive room where it's like, Hey, you know, start off by creating our training content. And then eventually I was over all the training content. And then eventually I had my own team. And then eventually I ran the department. And, uh, and that just kind of went over the next three or four years. And then it got to a point where they not only noticed that I was really good at training, but that I also had a creative bone in my body where it's like, you know, I, my degree is in marketing and I know a little bit about marketing and I, and I was doing a lot of social media stuff for myself and they said, Hey, like, what can you do for us for brand and for marketing? And then that just kind of exploded and evolved. And, and, and here we are today where I'm not only all over all the training stuff, but I'm also over all marketing. 
And it simply came from what you said, dude. It, it, it came from finding a way to add value and kind of fill gaps for people um, by taking the talents and also the skills and also the lessons that I took from being on the doors. Because dude, I to this day will tell anybody whether you want to be a career salesman or not, doing one summer on the doors will teach you more than most experiences I truly feel like you could ever have. Uh, resiliency, personality, you know, communication, um, grit, like all these cliche things you hear that really aren't cliche. They're really things that help people to reach that next level if they're just willing to, to take advantage of it. And so, yeah, I was able to take all those things and kind of apply it to life and fill gaps and, and create opportunity for myself. And, uh, you know, caliber has been awesome for that. And, and, uh, it's, it's been awesome to be able to kind of water the grass where I am and see that truly become the greenest it can be. And it has a lot to do with the company and the people I'm around as well. Like it's a phenomenal company, phenomenal leadership, more like brothers to me, a lot of these guys. And, uh, and it's been really, really cool to be able to do that. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at now. So it's been fun. Amazing. That's awesome. Um, it's awesome that you, uh, I mean, you, you kind of had to take your time. You took your time and it's cause you kind of had to, um, like you said, like three years, four years, five years later, um, and being able to like embrace and ride out that slow burn, yeah. um, I think is a huge thing, especially like, uh, I mean, looking at the situation right now, um, you know, there are so many unknowns. A lot of people are probably going to feel like knocked a few steps back even. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the reality of it is that like, it's going to be a slow burn for a minute for a lot of people and a lot of like whole industries. Um, for sure. so learning how to like embrace that and ride that is, uh, I think a huge thing. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, uh, getting right into this, um, with all of that being said, uh, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, so I've coined this the plan versus prepare dichotomy um, because in, because there are, there are ways to compare and ways to contrast planning and preparing, right? Uh, and uh, you and I have talked about that a little bit before. Um, but uh, a lot of times they feel like very similar things, right? A lot of times as you prepare for something, you're making a plan, um, and uh, hopefully there are a lot less unknowns than we're experiencing right now. But right. in a situation like we're in, uh, and there are so many unknowns, so many of the dynamics are unknowns and uh, things that we're just not sure how they're gonna play out, it's hard to feel like there's really a plan. Um, so I, I wanna be having the conversations about what can we do to still feel prepared to confront uh, all of the unknown dynamics even in the absence of like feeling like we have a real plan. Um, so first I just wanted to hear like, what's your take on that? Do you agree, disagree with that? Um, and how do you feel about that dichotomy? Yeah, I absolutely agree that there's a huge difference between the two. I think, I think they're both very common principles that everybody, you know, everybody understands what it means to prepare. Everybody understands what it means to plan. But the thing is, I, my personal belief is that they don't happen at the same time. Like, you can't plan for what happened. You can prepare for what happened, but I truly believe a plan is an actual like 
dude, it's a list. Like in my mind, it's like, it's a mental or a physical list of like, here's our plan of action of when this hits, this is what we do. Right. Talk, I mean, when we're talking about just specifically like a crazy event like this, you prepare for that. You can be prepared, but then when it hits, that's when you make a plan. That's, that's my opinion. Like you, you do things to prepare for it and, and be ready for it. But then when it hits, that's when you kind of say, okay, now what do we do to, you know, based on all the stuff that we've done to prepare for this, how do we plan to get through this? Right. Um, I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of just what I would say. And, uh, cause you can't plan for something like this. Like you can't plan for COVID. Nobody planned for COVID. No, a lot of people didn't even prepare for COVID, but <laughs> definitely can't plan for it. Like it's not, it's a completely unknown thing, right? Like, or, or even like natural disasters and things like that. Like you can prepare for those. You can put yourself in a position where you're going to be, you know, better off or okay if in, in the event that it happens, but like you can't plan for it. Um, so I, again, I think the plan is, is a, is something, you know, it's a, it's a plan of action once it hits, but there's a very big difference between preparing and planning in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. And I think that in a, yeah, in a situation like this, that difference is, I mean, it just comes right to the, uh, just comes right to the top. It, it rises to the surface. Um, so I want to talk about, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say, um, you know, I'm not sure if you want to dump, jump into this, but like, as I say that it makes me think of, so like for something like this, right? Like how does somebody prepare for this other than, you know, doing the things that a lot of people didn't do, which is have toilet paper and freaking, sanitizer or, or even just having dry goods and foods and having food storage and all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously that's the way you prepare for things like this, right? You want to make sure that you have your, your necessities of life to survive for, you know, a month or whatever, if, if you had to, that's, that's just like the general preparedness, right? Preparedness. Is that a word? I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got it. But, but like speaking in terms of how do you prepare in other ways, and one thing that I am, I feel very, very blessed in the fact when this hit and, and I am, I want to make sure that everybody understands that's listening to this. I am in no way downplaying anything else, anybody else. I know that there's a lot of tragedy out there. I know there's been a lot of deaths. I know there's also been a lot of people who have lost their jobs and things. And so I'm not downplaying that in any way. I'm just speaking more to what I feel like I've been blessed to have based on some things that I'll talk about in a minute. But I, I was fortunate enough that when this hit, things didn't slow down and get worse for me. They actually sped up and got even better. And uh, my job got even more important, you know, call it essential or whatever they're calling it out there. But what it really came down to, I feel like is, and I honestly, I don't think I even realized that I was doing it. But now looking back, it's like, well, what did you do to prepare for this? Well, I can tell you right now, I added value. Um, one of the best ways that I was able to be prepared, even not, even, I, I don't, again, I don't think I even realized that, that this was the case, but like looking back, it's like, okay, why was I so ready, you know, from a, from a, uh, from a professional and a financial standpoint, when this thing hit, it's because throughout all of those years, it's like you talked about, right? I spent every single day slow burning that value, right? Like it was a constant 
uh, year after year of adding value and finding ways to fill gaps and make myself valuable and essential to the business in a way that when something like this hit, you know, we, we literally had to scramble to become digital. We had to scramble to figure out a way to make our reps feel like the company is, you know, not make them feel like, like just to show them that it's still progressing and to show them that, you know, this train isn't stopping. We're just going to adapt. Basically it was, it was mine and my team's job to figure out how do we adapt and how do we continue forward? And that was largely on the, on the, on the back of marketing and training, right? Because reps are doing nothing but sitting around in their house. So what do you do? Well, you train, them. you find a way to continue to sharpen the saw and, and keep them engaged. And then on top of that, you have to be able to create the marketing assets and the different things to keep the company excited and involved and feeling like we're continuing to progress and, and adapt. And I feel like the reason why I was in that spot is because of my preparedness that came from years and years and years of getting myself in that position. And so I think moving forward, a lot of people can take something away from this where it's like, look, the world is changing and there's a lot of differences in mediums and just the way that people communicate and the, the things that people actually hold important. And I think something a lot of people can take away from this is what can I do right now? And I'm not saying you have to quit your job. I'm not saying you have to leave or whatever. I actually, I heard, I can't remember where I heard it, but somebody said now is not the time to complain about your job or, or be upset about the fact that, you know, the things that are going on are going on. Now is the time to figure out how to make yourself more valuable in your position. Now is not the time to jump ship. It's the time to make yourself more valuable where you are or in general. And so I think one thing people can take away from this is what can I do right now to make myself valuable and to fill gaps that need to be filled um, that are essential and, and necessary so that when things like this happen, I'm the first person people look to, right? You prepare for something like this. And then once it hits, going into the planning, you say, okay, we're here. So now what's the plan? Well, the plan is to do X, Y, and Z for training and the X, Y, and Z for marketing, or the plan is to do X, Y, and Z for my company here or X, Y, and Z for my company here. And I think that's the difference between the preparedness and the plan, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. It makes a ton of sense. Um, I think that, okay, so for me personally, and I've said this uh, so far in like previous episodes, for me personally, I think that like, this became such a hot topic. And like, I actually coined this as a dichotomy for myself um, because when dynamics change, when responsibilities change, when expectations change due to circumstances, that's a really hard place to be um, because it's easy to say, that's not my job or like, that's not, what I do. That's not what I signed up for. Um, it's so easy to like slip into that attitude or like even just have that self-talk in the back of your brain, which is definitely what happens to me because I'm definitely someone who like, I like to kind of have my routine. Like I know what I expect from a job. I know what the job expects from me mm -hmm. and I can perform really well, like within that, in, in those confines, even though I feel like I, I can be a flexible person and like, you know, I can shift, but at the same you time, that consistency though, like you're, yeah, yeah. 
your greatest need in life, you're, you're what we would call a counselor in the sales world for, for personality selling. Like your greatest need is that consistency and the, and the, and the, the thing that's, I mean, I would say scary, but the, the thing that's, that's, that throws you off the most is honestly change. It's like, you care so much about having those consistent things. And then also you care about all the people around you, which is why a lot of the things you do are, are based on how do I, how do I, how do I put everybody else around me in the best situation? Because you also understand as you do that, you're going to put yourself in a great situation. But yeah, something like this would be hell because it's like complete opposite of what you live, sleep and eat mentally, emotionally, and physically. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that, I mean, some of the things you just said are really key in the fact that you don't know what you're preparing yourself for subconsciously. You don't know what you're preparing yourself for, but one of the words that you said was adapt, like adapting, constantly adapting and just like having the attitude and mentality and mindset of like being able to adapt and knowing that like, that's going to constantly be a thing that happens. Um, it just gives you such a good leg up in a situation like this, where it's like the reality of it is like, we're adapting the, everything is just like a living, breathing, moving organism and we're a part of that and uh and we have to be able to roll with the change um and so yeah to to see it as an opportunity to become more valuable and add more value and be able to do more instead of a uh it's not my job and i totally have something to blame that on because covid's yeah, not covid's not my fault right and the ability to adapt adapting like as you say that what it makes me think of is this adaptation is the key to preparation like especially in situations like this not always right like adapting isn't always going to be the key to preparing but like in a situation like this the people that were able and willing to continually adapt not just adapt once or twice that's the other thing that i think is important is like oh i adapted with this change but like i missed those three changes it's the companies and the individuals that literally stay up with the times and continue to adapt and adapt and adapt and change and adapt and change and find ways to add value as they do that, that puts them in a position where everyone looks to them as, as somebody that is, that is valuable and needed because they understand and they're ready for anything. Right? So I would even go as far as saying that like adaptation, especially in these situations is the key to preparation, being able to just constantly roll with the punches and constantly make the shifts that you need to in business and in life and in general. I mean, dude, think about even like the win the morning thing. Like me and you are all about the win the morning thing. We're all about working out in the morning and just getting our bodies right in the morning and, and, and everything like that. Right? Like I look at another thing that I've been able to do because of the mindset that I've already been in with the business and everything is like, you know, we talked about this, the gym shut down and it sucked, but, and, and I, I literally, I didn't have, anything in my house as far as a personal gym goes like i think i had one band and like uh, an ab roller right so what do you do well we picked up a few dumbbells 10 pounds nothing nothing huge and then i went downstairs and i was like what the freak can i lift that's going to be heavy enough to make this worth it for me oh cool i got a bunch of ammo cases we're good and i got like boxes and boxes of 223 and freaking uh nine mil like we're straight throw that in some cases and lift that man we're good and that's just a small example but it's like 
because I was able to be willing to and, and able to adapt and change, I was able to continue my physical regimen. And I actually, what's crazy, bro, is I actually feel like I've gotten better, not better, but really, really good results. Maybe even better results physically being quarantined. And, and my, my gut, my buddy that's training me, I was talking to him about it the other day and I was like, bro, it's crazy. I don't have like any weights or anything, but just doing these like full body workouts every day and just lifting just like even the ammo boxes and stuff, I'm getting crazy results. And he's like, well, dude, it's just because you're being super consistent and you're focusing more on your body rather than just like simple muscles. Right. And so anyway, I, what I'm getting at is like, I've been able to keep my physical aspect of my life, which is super important to me up simply because I was able to adapt and change. And that's what the, the preparedness came in. And then the plan was just, okay, well, what's the plan now? The plan is find a full body workout and use this to use these ammo boxes to lift, to get the physical fitness that I need to. And so again, it's just the more that people can be willing to adapt and change, the more prepared you're going to be for anything and the easier it's going to be to make a plan. So being prepared and getting prepared very much is, uh, it's a mindset thing. You know, that's, that, that's not our checklist thing, right? We've, we've pretty clearly stated that. Um, so what would you say, like, because it's also still not like, it's not so black and white. It's not like I have that mindset or I don't have that mindset. How, how would you say that people can go about, um, kind of exercising, the muscles of that mindset go about like uh, becoming that kind of person and uh, adopting that kind of attitude so, over time. So first thing, that's a really good question. And I have a good answer for it. But before I answer that, I actually want to say this. I don't think it's all mindset because like, even if you think about a company, for example, you know, the companies now that are still thriving, they had to do physical, they had to make physical moves to prepare for something like this. Like, you know, uh, Companies that were prepared for something like this made different shifts in the business long before where it's like, if something happens, we need to be able to go digital or we need to be able to go online selling. We need to be able to do this. Those are physical things you actually need to change. So there is a physical aspect to the prepared part where you're doing things to just make sure that you're ready for something. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is mental, especially when you're talking on an individual level, right? If you're talking about like individuals and, and that mental shift, I actually 100% think it goes back to what you said, where it's like, you can look for excuses to be mad at people for the situation you're in. You can look at reasons, excuse me, to be mad at people. You can look for excuses as to why you're in the situation you're in. You can look for reasons why, you know, it, you're just angry and don't want to adopt or don't want to adapt and don't want to change. And I shouldn't have to do this because this person did this and it's not my fault and blah, blah, blah. And like, that's a victim mentality. And I think the biggest shift that you're talking about, the way to change that mindset, the way to be in a place where you're willing to make those changes is literally like, just stop being a victim. Stop, you know, as cliche as it sounds like, don't look at everything like it's, wrong or like there's an excuse or like something is pushing against you and rather see how things you know what's interesting i just listened to a podcast it just popped into my head um it was on the it was the order of man i believe oh yeah i saw you posted that 
Yeah, it's one of my favorite podcasts. And one thing that they talked about was he said, you can either, and this is something everybody I feel like has heard, but it just, it stuck out to me again. You can either pretend or you can either act like everything in life is working for you, or you can act like everything is working against you. And so, for example, he brings up the, the topic of my dad uh, had cancer or has cancer. He's like, my, my dad currently has cancer. Now, oh, it was Ed Milet. It was Ed Milet on, uh, on the oh, Order yeah. of Man podcast. And he goes, he goes, one thing, he's talking about where he got his max out idea, right? And he says, he says, my dad has cancer. And I can either look at that and be angry at the world and look at all the negatives and look at all the problems that it creates and all this different stuff. And he's like, but instead, what I've done is I've looked at what it's not doing, not doing to me, but doing for me. So what is it? And, and, then, and then he says, well, people will ask me, Ed, how could cancer possibly be a good thing? He's like, well, for example, I spend way more time talking to my dad. I constantly am looking for opportunities to speak to my dad. And then when I have that conversation with my dad, it's much more intentional because it's like, how many more of these conversations do I have left? And then he also says things like, whenever we get into an argument, normally I might go off. I might go off the hinges and just like, you know, batter him and be angry and just constant, like, you know, just like really intense arguments. But instead I say to myself, I'm, I'm able to step back and say to myself, you know, I don't want to fight with my dad. So I find, I find ways to resolve those conflicts in better ways. Also, he's like it, what it's done for me is it's made me appreciate my life more because my dad one day said to me, I don't know how many Tuesdays I have left and made me think to myself, I don't know how many Tuesdays I have left. And now I'm more intentional with my family. I'm more intentional with my kids. And so it's like having that mindset where you constantly look for how, look for ways to see things working for you than against you. I feel like is the first step to being willing to adapt and change when crazy crap when, when, when stuff like this happens and it's like, dude, this sucks, but okay, how can I make this work for me? Right. Or, or what are the good things about, and again, that's cliche, right? Like everybody that studies self-help books and like, you've heard this before, but I feel like it's something that not too many people focus on. And I feel like it's something that is directly related and correlated to what we're talking about, where it's, how do you get into the mindset of being prepared and the first thing is, is, is being different than those people that are looking for excuses and, and bad things and just looking for solutions and, uh, and getting yourself in a positive, like, you know, uh, I don't know, just, just being in the headspace of like, I'm going to look for ways to make this work instead of, I'm going to look for all the reasons why it's not working. Yeah. And that's can be so hard to do just because of all the voices around. I mean, people are always going to point out the negative because usually that stuff's easier to see. Um, So yeah, I definitely think that's a skill and definitely like a quote unquote muscle group that like needs to be exercised, which is just like, yeah, being able to view something from that angle and, uh, and yeah, like, yeah. At the end of the day, like your dad having cancer is probably never going to be like, that's not a good thing, but to no. be able to be able to view it that way and find the good things that you can bring out of that yeah. is for sure a game changer. 
Right. He, he even talks about how people will focus on like bad relationships and what, and what it did to them, like how it, how it ruined their life or how it destroyed them or whatever, rather than, well, what did I learn from it? What did I gain from it? Well, I gained the fact that I will never look for this quality in somebody, or this is what I actually want in somebody, or this is what this feeling is to me when it actually feels real or when it's actually good or, or what, you know what I mean? Like you can take a lot of things from that, but I, dude, it is hard. And here's the thing too. I think it's naive to believe that people have this down because dude, even, even I struggle with this a ton, like getting real. I, uh, you know, I, bro, I go through this stuff personally all the time. Like I am a very emotional person and, uh, based on some things that have happened in my past, I, I am very, very susceptible to allowing myself to feel very, um, uh, I, I have this thing about me where I am constantly feeling like people are not satisfied with what I'm doing, which in a good way makes me continually produce high and try to add value everywhere I can because I feel like I can't add enough value. But it's a bad thing because it, it makes me feel like people are constantly disappointed in me. And again, that has a lot to do with the things that I've dealt with as a kid and the demons that I still carry around. And to be honest with you, like I, I've seen people about it and I, I, I meet with, with people and talk to them about it all the time. Like, one thing I want to make sure that people understand too, the ability to constantly see the good comes from being clear and not having those demons to carry around. Like the people that are constantly looking for the bad, it's because they have baggage and demons that are causing them to immediately resort to that, to that bad, in my opinion. And so, you know, like seeing a therapist or talking to somebody about those things that you have that you're, you've been carrying around and dealing with, that's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It's, it's you being willing to get in front of it so that you can see everything from a positive light rather than focusing on all the negative. And to be honest with you right now and to be candid and, 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 and upfront, like I continue to this day to see, to see therapists and people like that, that'll help me to push that stuff into the background and, and, or, or get rid of it. And, uh, and, and continue to shift this mindset of like, no, people aren't upset with me. People aren't mad at me. People aren't disappointed in me. And people don't think that, you know, like people see my value and they appreciate me and they love me. And, uh, that's a hard thing to admit, dude, to be honest with you, but like, it's the truth. And I feel like too many people don't understand that. It's like, it is not an easy skill because we do live in a world that perpetuates hate and negativity and bad and fear. And to be able to stand above that, you need to be able to first clean out your own closet. Like you need to clean out. If you're not right inside, you'll never be okay outside. And, uh, and, and getting right inside, it takes a lot of work and it takes being willing to kind of get outside of your comfort zone and realize like, Hey, you know, this is on me. It's not on anybody else. But again, I think that's another step towards not being a victim and blaming it on everybody else around you. And so um, it's, you know, people, it's, it's not something that you're just gonna pick up one day. It's something you have to continually work on and develop. And, uh, and, and, you know, every single person's in the same boat. Everybody has their own demons. But as soon as you start to really try to get rid of those and conquer those demons, that's when you can actually start to make the shift on the outside. And dude, for somebody like me, it's taken a lot to realize that I have a pretty like 
I, I'm, I'm pretty effed up like a lot of other people. Like the fact of the matter is that I'm not, you know, I, I, I have my problems too. And it takes a lot for me to be able to say, man, I, I gotta, I gotta fix this. But just like anybody else, um, I'm going to. And as I do that, I see those positive, you know, things happen in my life. And I think that's what other people see too. Like people that follow me, I think they, that that's what they're seeing. They're seeing those positive changes and that positive influence coming from the fact that I'm working behind the scenes to fix myself and to get myself in a position where I can have that positive impact on others. Because if I can't look at myself from a positive light, if I don't love myself and if I'm not happy with where I am, I can never make that change in that positive influence on others. And I can never see the world from a positive light like I should. And so I would just say anybody that's listening to this, like if you feel like you struggle with that, if you feel like you always see things in a negative light or you find yourself falling into this, this thing of like, you know, this is why I'm here and, and always feeling like things are working against you and to you instead of for you. Well, I would tell you, it has a lot to do with you. It has a lot to do with where you are emotionally and mentally. And that's going to have everything to do with whatever it is that you're carrying around. And I'm not saying that everybody's been abused or has all these problems, whatever it is, like it's, you'd be surprised at how many things happen to us as kids, even if they seem completely insignificant that wire us to believe something that is false and that actually sinks our ship for our entire lives. There's people that end up getting to the point where they're 50 years old and it's like they meet with somebody and they say one thing and it's like, holy crap, for 50 years I've believed this, I've carried around this weight and now all of a sudden I know why I've made these decisions or why I've done this or why I've done that. My advice to you would be get in front of that shiz now. Like, Figure that out now. And the sooner you can, the sooner you're going to be able to open up that mindset of like, I see the world happening for me and not to me. Yeah, man. <clears throat> That's a lot of real stuff you just put out. <laughs> yeah. um, Everybody knows. But, yeah, but. but it's, it's serious and it's true that I, I think there's two, uh, there's two sides to the equation that kind of need to be like equally present and equally recognized. And that is that like I, as an individual, like I have stuff in my closet yeah. and everybody else has stuff in their closet yes. and, and you can't only, you can't really view those like one side heavier than the other, mm-hmm. because if you're only looking at the things that other people have in their closet, then that's going to lead to negativity and animosity and probably like blame shifting and not being very adaptable. Um, And if you only look at the stuff that you have in your own closet, then that's going to lead to like breaking yourself down and not believing in yourself and feeling like you're uh, feeling like you're not enough. And, um, and that's also going to lead to not being very adaptable and not being able to like roll with the punches, um, which is the, the, it helps you view things as failures instead of things you can build on. And, and I mean, okay, so this is going to sound super, I mean, again, a lot of this stuff sounds cliche and it might be a super cliche example, but it just makes me think like the way that, you know, whenever I've met with somebody to talk about the things that I struggle with, it always comes back to basically it's like an anchor in my life, right? I have these different anchors that are still thrown overboard. They're still sitting in the sand and it's not letting my ship move forward, right? 
And, uh, and that's the way it's always been. And, and so every time that I sit down with somebody and I kind of hash this stuff out and I freaking, you know, break down and, and, and I'm real and I, and I talk to them about this, um, I'm able to slowly pull that anchor up. Right. And every time I pull another anchor up, it's like my boat starts to kind of move away. Well, if you think about it, like this COVID thing and all these problems, like those are, again, this is going to sound really lame and cliche, but it's the truth. Like those things are the waves, man. Those are the waves that are freaking crashing against that boat and pushing it farther back. Right. It's a hell of a lot harder to move out to sea with anchors in the sand, especially when the waves are that high than if you have no anchors. And so as you lift all those anchors and you get your boat to a place where it can freaking move, well, now you can start charging forward through those waves. And again, I know that sounds so lame and cliche, but man, like that's it. Like, you know, pick up and row. I think you always say like, you can't row until you have no weight. Dude, I'm going to, I'm going to ride that metaphor for a second and say that if you have anchors in the sand, which all of us do one or two, we all have at least a couple things that are like keeping us from moving forward in at least one aspect of our lives then it doesn't really matter if you're doing the things to be catching the wind in your sails, right? There's a certain amount of work that goes into getting the sails up, catching the wind, having all that prep work ready so that you can, you can catch that wind and move. But if you, have your, if you have your anchors down, then all that work you're putting in to do that is you're not benefiting as much as you could be or should be. Not at all. And, and so, you know, this, this conversation shifted way differently than I thought it would, but man, <laughs> you would be both, man. But you know what, bro? Like it's true. And, and, and I think it's important that people see that. And, and I, if anything, I want everybody to know, like, man, I cannot tell you how much of an impact it's made on my life being willing to dive into that stuff with somebody and, and get that help. Like, and, and you know what it's, what's interesting is at first I was like, you know, I have, I have family members that deal with lots of like, you know, drug addiction and things like that. And that's caused them to get into a headspace that's really not healthy. And I look at myself and I'm like, dude, I don't have any of those problems. Like I've never, I've never done drugs. I've never done any of that kind of stuff. And, and so I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be having any kind of issues like that. But you know what, the fact of the matter is that it's, again, it's like, we're not, I think a lot of people feel like when they have those anchors and those issues that, it, that, that seeing somebody and talking to somebody about it makes you like sick or crazy or whatever. And it's like, that's not the case. Like people, we inherently have issues guys. Like we, we, it's just how it is. We're not perfect. We're flawed. And the best way to get help or the best way to fix those flaws is to get help from somebody to, from the outside that can see it from a perspective that we don't and explain to us what's going on. Like, fact of the matter is that there's professionals for that for a reason. And so I can't tell you how much of an impact it's made on my life, even just even recently to just be able to dive into some of that stuff that's been holding me back and realize why it number one, why it's holding me back. And number two, why I do some of the things that I do based on that, that whatever that is, that's holding me back. And, uh, and as, I, as I've been able to lift those anchors, now I'm able to make the right moves and I'm able to alter my decisions and the different things that are holding me back and freaking move forward. And, and so, yeah, like if anything comes out of this, this episode, it's like anybody listening, freaking find a way and be okay with lifting those anchors 
because preparedness and planning and all, all these skills that we're talking about, it, none of it will matter unless you can do that first. Get right inside and you can get right outside. Um, yeah, like, I mean, this went in a totally different direction, but it's just so damn important, man. Like, well, it is. And honestly, man, this is like, this is the Ian went that I was, I, I like, I, I was hoping to see and hoping to capture, you know, like, I know that, like, we could have got on here and had you give a whole bunch of valuable insight about um, anyone in sales and what they can do right now in this time. And uh, there's that stuff. And maybe that'll be a great thing to talk about at some other time. But, uh, but like, I definitely know, like part of this side of you. And uh, so I'm super happy to be able to talk about this stuff with you. Um, yeah, for sure. I had, I, I had a thought while you were saying that, that last part also, which is that, um, I, I mean, even just addressing the stuff, even just being aware of stuff and starting to address it is huge. And even if you don't feel like you can clean out your closet, you can at least start to organize it. Right. Uh, and, and I think that like, you know, some of the stuff is obviously not going to go away immediately. Most of it's not going to go away immediately. Right. right. Uh, these no, things, no. these things take time and that can be super intimidating and feel like it's never going to really work, but you but can, it's a lot easier to not do on your own. Yeah. Bingo. Um, so that's huge. And, and I think it's so relevant to everybody right now who is like, in hard times and having a hard time focusing on like where are the positives here? How do I move forward? How do I make a plan? How do I feel ready for like the next month to two months to six months? Because who knows what's going to happen? Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to approach that with like a lot of positivity. And so to be able to like start acknowledging those things and addressing those things is going to make a huge difference. And I would just say, you know what, like, Here's the next thing too. You and I have talked about a ton. We've talked a ton about self-development. You and I have, I feel like you and I have actually bonded a lot over the fact that we are two broken individuals trying to become great. And, uh, and I, and it's, you know, what's interesting is like, I feel like people don't necessarily look at me like that. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the way that I stay put together with all of the problems or whatever, I don't want people to think that I'm like, some, like I, I'm not trying to say that I'm just this crazy person or whatever at the, at the end of the day, as far as like, you know, having uh, tons of issues that I'm portraying on people or whatever. But at the end of the day, this is the thing. I have issues just like everybody else does. But the fact of the matter is that my routine and the things that you and I, Justin, always talk about winning the morning, being physically active, you know, reading books, uh, doing things that, that keep us in a good place. Like that's the stuff that, that curbs and helps me to continue to, to push forward and like advance myself in life and, and get to a place where I can eventually move. Right. Like, and, and, uh, yeah, like I, I think a lot of people look at this, like, um, you know, people just do these, these physical and mental and, and like self-development things just so that they can quote unquote, be the best version of themselves. Well, that, yeah, that's true. But it's also, man, having those things in my life is what allows me to be the influential person that I, that's, that, you know, that people would look at me as, I guess, or, or whatever, and, and give me the ability to produce and like, 
do the things that I do in my career and in my life and, and to be a good father and to be a good husband and everything. But, uh, you know, it, it starts inside. And then as you, as you kind of clean out that closet and as you fix those things on the inside, you need to still do the things on the outside as well. You need to still have that routine and you, you still need to do all of the things that you and I preach on social media and everything else as part of that moving forward. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I think that there is uh, I, I would call it being a contributor um, yeah. in, in all aspects of your life, right? Like you said, like your personal life and in your, in being a father and being a husband and in your job and in all of the things like yeah. you, you don't want to just show up to the party and be no. there. You no. want to be a contributor. You want to, yeah. you know, you can, uh, you can show up to the potluck and be a part of the event and eat some food and talk to some people. And then the next day you can kind of talk about how, yeah, I was a part of that event. I was involved or you can be a real contributor and you can bring, you can bring a dish that everybody enjoyed, or you can bring some piece of, of entertainment, whatever, whatever this metaphor is that I'm saying, but you can actually be a part of like creating the conversations and helping other people enjoy that experience more than they would have if they just, if they, if everyone just showed up, right. There's yeah. something to be said for being able to contribute and it's a lot easier. You, you, you're much more able to be a real contributor if like you're doing that work inside yourself. Um, and then you can kind of help uh, parlay that into relationships with other people and, and other circles of interaction. Right. That's, that's why I feel like the win the morning and like all these things that are, are so important, dude, it's, it's because at the end of the day, what you're really doing is you're working on your inside and you're working on your outside, right? Like, part of the, the whole self-development game is it's everything. It's, you know, that's why I talk about body, mind, spirit, relationship. Like those four areas are inside and outside. And as you work on those four things, you become more of a contributor. You, you put yourself in a position where you can contribute, where you can influence, where you can help. Um, but again, I, I just can't emphasize enough whether you have serious problems or whether you have, you know, not serious problems, but just things that you know are holding you back or, or whatever. Like, honestly, I would suggest everybody figure out a way to just clean out that closet, find a way to get right a hundred percent on the inside and don't do it alone. And, uh, and then take that and continue to develop yourself on the outside and put yourself in a position where you can help others. Because at the end of the day, I truly believe real fulfillment for anybody comes from helping someone else do something. Um, it's that simple. Like, you know, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whatever it is, true fulfillment comes from helping someone do something. Yeah. I'm with you know, that all the way. Happiness. You can create happiness for yourself. That's why people say money, you know, people say money doesn't create happiness. Sure. It does. It does. Money definitely creates happiness, but it doesn't create fulfillment because real fulfillment comes from when you use that money to do something for someone. And, and so you will never be able to truly, this is my opinion. This is, this is, cause this is a very like, I'm, I'm about to drop something that seems very factual, but this is Ian went opinion. I truly believe that people will never really feel fulfilled until they are in a place personally where they can help others in a big way, Wh whatever that is. I feel like true fulfillment comes from being in a great place yourself 
and then being able to put others in a great place. Um, and that, you know, maybe that is just for me or whatever, but in my life, that's what I found is I feel truly fulfilled when I'm able to put somebody else in a good place and where I feel like I'm in a great place. Um, whatever that is, what, you know, whatever situation in life that is. Um, and it, what's funny is as you think about that statement, that's, you know, that's how you are prepared for anything. Like that's, that's how you are. That's how you're in a place where anything can happen and you're still going to be able to move forward because fulfillment is, is what's going to create that, that desire to always be better because you're trying to be better so that you can help others. And, and, you know, helping others is, a, is one of the best motivators out there. Um, and the more that you help others, the more you're going to want to help others. Right. It's just, it, yeah, it just gets more and more and more. And so, yeah, man, I, uh, it's, that's a lot. We just, I, I feel like we just put a, a fire hose down people's mouth, but like, <laughs> it's, you know, that's, uh, that's real. And I, uh, I think, I think if anybody takes anything away from this again, just, you know, whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever you're, whatever you're dealing with, like fix that and get somebody to help you fix that and then fix yourself on the outside and the inside and then figure out a way so that you can help others and add value and, and become somebody that everybody looks to. Um, and you'll be in such a better headspace than 90% of the freaking, no, maybe not 90%, but a very large percentage of this world. I feel like. Yeah, man. Big time. Just, just talking about the idea of like, start addressing things and, and get someone to help you with that. And, and like, I think we're small. I want to make that very, very apparent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Like you don't need to be this like broken person to, to fix things. Like we all have issues, right? Like I have a great career. I have a great life. I have a great family, but I still have those issues just like anybody else. And you know, whether they're big or whether they're small, it doesn't matter. Every single one of us have that. And I just want to make sure everybody understands that it doesn't make you weak to fix those things big or small everyone should be working on fixing those things no matter what yeah exactly and so for some people that might be like man yeah. I've, I've kind of been thinking about going to talk to a therapist for a long time and so yeah. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like take the step and find a therapist and go talk to him for some people that might be hey you're one of my closest friends can we just do like can we just do like a facetime call once a week yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's, and, and then for you might, people, maybe you, a year journey and for other people, it may be a couple weeks. Like, yeah, just, exactly. It, it's all, it's all different levels for all different people. But the point is, you know, to be able to start addressing those things and like bringing some of that stuff to the surface and, uh, start organizing it and getting rid of it and whatever you need to do, uh, it's going to be worth the effort for sure. It's going to end up being worth the effort. Absolutely. So, Whatever it is for who, for whoever it is, you know, start having those conversations and, and, and find somebody or find a group of people, a support system or a professional or whatever it needs to be to help you start to like unpack stuff and, and, and work exactly. through stuff and, and, and pull those anchors up out of the sand. Yep. Um, all right. Awesome. Uh, I want to, I'm going to wrap it up now just for the sake of time. And because this has been a really great conversation. Yeah. Um, but I, I have just been jotting down like um, kind of like highlights that I that hit me uh, yeah. pretty strong as I talk to people. Um, 
and I'm sure like different people will will pick out different highlights right as they listen but these are a few things that like were big takeaways for me and I so I just kind of want to hit on them real quick again um, number one you talked about being adaptable and being ready to adapt um, and how that's like I mean that's like putting on a whole different pair of glasses in any situation right yeah um, yep yeah you can you can uh you can be ready to adapt or you can be something that others need to adapt around and the first one the first one is way better (laughs) um second thing is uh seeing and taking opportunities to be more valuable and add value um you only win by doing that even if it creates some like difficulty and challenges in the moment like doing that is hard a lot of the time but you only win by taking those opportunities to become more valuable and add more value. Um, third thing, cleaning out your closet. Uh, you know, whatever you, whatever you got in there, like really going through what's in your closet and what you can clean out and what you can organize and what you can get rid of and, uh, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's like a huge first step to being able to pull anchors up, catch wind and move forward. Uh, and then the last thing was just the whole, uh, yeah, yeah, having anchors down in the sand and knowing what those anchors are and knowing how to, knowing how to crank them up and get them up, up out of the sand so you can move. Well, um, and if you, if you think about everything you just said, right, you basically mentioned four points. The interesting thing is that this whole conversation has evolved backwards because what's happening is the first three you talked about, it's the first, it's the first two things that lead to being able to do those next things, right? pulling up your anchors and fixing those internal problems and becoming the best version of yourself inside and outside is what makes you able to be adaptable and to be able to add value. Like we did it reverse, (laughs) but that's, that's the key, man. Like that's the key to being prepared. That's the key to being, to doing all the things that we talked about, about how you are prepared. And that's what puts you in a better headspace so that you can plan. And so you can, have a clear head to be able to push through these things. Um, so yeah, I just want to make that, I just want people to see that because man, if there's one message that I can give people, it's like, get right, man. Like just, you cannot influence others positively. If you cannot influence yourself positively, you cannot make a change in others. If you aren't willing and can't make a change in yourself and you, you know, one of the guys at the company always says, we're just talking about leadership. He's like, you can't be a level 10 leader if you're not, or you can't create level 10 leaders unless you are a level 10 leader, right? It's, just, it's the same principle. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's four, three, two, one, not one, two, three, four. Just put it that way. Yeah. That's great. <clears throat> All right, man. Um, already looking forward to doing this again sometime. Um, yes, also, I cannot end this like interview podcast with you without, just saying like I never would have started podcasting if it weren't for like you FaceTiming me on a whim one day and just being like dude have you ever considered just like doing this because we were in conversations about what are we doing with quarantine how are we keeping it together how are we going to use our time and uh and you know we were texting whatever and you just decided to hit me with that FaceTime and be like have you thought about like writing a book or doing a podcast or something like that and like now here I am 20 episodes deep and here you are on the interview with me. And like, I, like, I, I gotta, I gotta give that shout out and that credit to you because like, 
it's a huge deal and it's something that now I feel strongly about and really value doing regularly. So, I mean, I'm, dude, I'm just glad you jumped because I mean, dude, seriously, like people need to, they need to know the real Justin Reed. Like there, it just comes from so many times we've had these conversations that are very like deep and intellectual and, and really like very valuable. And so I'm dude, I'm just glad that you did it. And, uh, I'm just glad to see that it's actually coming forth because I think people are going to gain a ton from it. Um, and yeah, man, just stoked for you, bro. Thanks a lot, man. And it all goes back to, right, having those people that are around you who are the type that like you can always be having those kind of conversations with and helping each other. So, I mean, it all it all fits in with uh, with the main point here. So anyways, we'll do this again soon. Good luck to you with everything that you are working on right now. I hope the summer gets kicked off really well. Appreciate it, brother. And uh, talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Take care.